right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, set your sleep timers and batten down your pillows. Because, uh, because you, you know, you're going to go to, because it's time for sleep with me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. And if you want to help out the show, and I know people have asked about donations, come in here right around January 17th, I think we're going to have launch our Patreon thing. And we're going to try to, uh, you know, if anybody wants to throw a little money in like a tip jar, uh, I'll be explaining more about it, but that'll be here, and you'll be able to find it at sleepmewithmepodcast.com slash Patreon. And, I'm, you know, when I know how to spell it, I'll have it written in front of me, but that'll be around January 17th. Thank you so much, and let's get on to the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep we do it a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'll do the rest and what i'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain whatever's got you up tossing and turning i'm going to try to take your mind off of that and the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever it is. Did I already say that? See, I already, I'm in a safe place of uh, a new mental numbness. But the safe place is, you know, you could, whatever, if, if it's your body, your mind, your emotions, whatever it is that's keeping you awake. I'm going to try to distract you from that. I'm going to do, do, do a long intro here over with some over-explanations, pauses, uh, you know, kind, kind, you see, contemplative moments. You'll also, you I, I mutter and mumble and stumble. And it's just, just take my time getting there, you know, a little bit. It's like I'm taking my time getting there, but I don't, you know, I don't really know where I'm going. But the whole intention is, is to give you something else to focus on instead of whatever's keeping you awake, to distract you from all that stuff, to take your mind off of it. And you can take put your focus on me, but you don't have to put your like you don't have to. Uh, you you put me in unfocused. Take your focus off everything that's keeping you up. And then put, put me on, but you say, geez, let's turn that auto, turn the flash off, turn the autofocus off, uh, turn the HDR off, because I don't know what the hell that stands for. And even when I read on the internet explanations, and I say, geez, I can't, what, does that picture look any different? And they say, well, I might as well leave it on. It must be good. And then I Google it, and, you know, somebody, one person says, do not leave it on. Sell out, picture taker. And they say, she's, I'm getting shamed by, uh, about using my phone. And then I said, well, geez, what, I said, well, what does it do, though? It sounds cool, HDR, doesn't it? And they say, what does it stand for? High dynamic range. And then it sounds even sweeter. They say, well, I want all my pictures to have high dynamic range. They say, because my voice has, like, you know, and, and my stories, they don't have, my voice and my stories, they don't have a high dynamic range. So you can turn it off. Like, basically, you turn all that stuff up. For, you know, say, she said, you don't even need instructions for this podcast, really. Uh, what you do is you just kick back. You kind of listen to me. 
And I said, she said, and I should have stuck with that. I shouldn't I have just, I, should, I, I don't know why I where it drifted away from the HD, high dynamic range metaphor. I was trying to get to a point, and then I went down a dead end there. So I'm back with the high dynamic range. But it's funny because I was, someone was emailing with someone today, a listener, and we were talking about the New Yorker because she was saying that her, like before this podcast years ago, her and her brother used to take turns reading articles from the New Yorker together when they were roommates to help each other fall asleep. And I don't think she realized uh, uh, the relatability of it, because, but also that, the, you know, how fraught the New Yorker is for me. Like, it's an emotional hair trigger or emotional trigger. I said, what's a hair trigger? Is a trigger that's so sensitive it launches because it's touched by hair? Well, no, because I guess those Venus flytraps, they have hair triggers that you touch the trigger. So I guess I just explained it as a simple explanation, Scoots. It is a hair that's a trigger. I say, okay, well, that's solved. Can we, let's keep moving then, huh? But, you know, when the New Yorker... Okay. But when the New Yorker comes up, it, it creates just like a bed at bedtime... Uh, an emotional firestorm. Maybe that's an over-dramatization of my feelings because I have great love for the New Yorker and great desire. And, uh, you know, a one day, you know, one day I will be living a life where I'm moderately more intelligent. I have a life of leisure and there's an ocean breeze and I'm just paging through the New Yorker you know, reading at 1.5 times my current speed, maybe two times, so I could actually get through an issue. Uh, and I'm just, you know, maybe drinking some, uh, you know, Arnold Palmer or a Shirley Temple. And then I, you know, jump in the pool. And then, you know, I just say, say kiss my bicep, you know, and someone giggles. And then, I could, you know, so I have that. It's a, you know, I don't know, that's not forlorn. It's, it's an unrealistic expectation. Well, you know, but but bathed in wonderful fantasy. And then I have, and many people, maybe not, maybe not everybody, say it's a magazine, Scoots. What, you have more emotions about the New Yorker? I do. I have a list, a litany, I think. This is a litany. Because uh, then I have, uh, you know, you might have heard it, a little bit of self-esteem downer in there. I see just, well, I just... And this is the truth. You know, some people are anti-intellectual where I'm, I, I don't, you know, I just do some things are a little bit above my intelligence level. And I'm not being, that's not self-esteem based. It's just like, okay, so it takes me a little bit longer to get through one an issue. You know, like if it's an article about Roger Ailes and, you know, his opinions on the, uh, what do you call it? The freaking, you know, spots on a trout, you know, I, you know, and I say, is this a metaphor or, you know, is it serious? And I see Roger Ailes, it rings. I, th- I don't think, uh, do, who, is, who is he again? Do I dislike him or do I like him? Because Ailes could go either way, you know, could go many ways. And see, geez, so I have a whole emotion around the word Ailes. But let's get back to this. So then. So there's a little bit of New Yorker where I say, oh, I don't know if I, I, I'm, I'm up to the task. And then there's another, and this is the kind of stuff that might go through your head at bedtime, something in parallel with all these things. And there's a thing that says, 
well, I wish I was the kind of person. They said, well, just read the articles you like. And I said, well, I tried that. I'm not emotionally cut out for it, unfortunately. You know, it, it just eats at me. I have had years of subscriptions to the New Yorker. Finally, I had to go cold turkey. No, you know, I had to say, nope, that's it. Because uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't say, get to the talk of the town. And then I try to go, and I jump back and say, "Well, geez, what's what's Denby writing about right now? Let's hop to the back. Let's see what Denby's got got going." And then you know maybe jump around and see. Let's see, holy mackerel, is that Chris Christie or Marlon Brando? I don't. Okay, let's let's read about that. It's both. And 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 then within the other ones would haunt me. You know, you know the investigation in into. Uh, uh, you know, trucks and uh, rust, and I'd say, and I say, you know, and I say, well, I gotta read that. You know, I can't, I can't start the next one until you just read. You know, and then years of New Yorkers would pile up, and then I'd also have the pile of stuff I ripped out, story ideas. I'd say, man, that is gold. I hope, and then that, you know, that pile would become. Is more absorbent. It would seem like it would attract more water, soda spills, coffee spills, and you know, crumpling. A lot of crumpling and folding, going through. And I say, well, that's the end of that story idea. And I say, look, it looks like Babe Bimby now. And so, uh, so there was that thing. And so then it was just this. And then there was the shame. You know, the the you know piles of shit. I say, why can't I just you know. Why can't I have a reasonable relationship with this magazine? And, you know, oh, and I, and it was like a love affair because I couldn't get mad at the New Yorker or, you know, any of the, say, I can't be mad at you. Look at that. Look at that cartoon Eliza. You know, that just puts a smile on my face. You know, that cartoon Eliza smiling, it just puts me at emotional ease. Thank you, New Yorker. And I said, well, what are the guys in the bar talking about? What do you say? Am I going to, you know? So, and then I, then you trace it back to your past. I remember now my grandmother, my mother's mother, was a very intelligent woman. And my grandfather as well. So they were, you know, the kind of people, they could sit there after a game, you know, they'd just sit there and read the New Yorker, you know, drinking scotch and smoking cigarettes. So, I don't know. And and so if this goes through, and you say, she says, and then you try to explain this, why can't you sleep? That damn New Yorker, that's why I can't sleep. It's that magazine. And they said, what, are they write something? No, no. It's, you know, as you see, oh, that's what's piled up all in your apartment and all those milk crates? And I say, yeah. It said, Denby calling to me all night long. Or, you know, his talk, you know, say, you know, come on, there's a cartoon with Bet and Eliza somewhere in this pile of magazines. Think of the joy you're missing out on. They say, you'll never know about the Cats revival. And then there's also the part of me that makes me miss New York. You see stuff and you say, oh, I miss New York. And, you know, at some point, like a lot of people, if you're listening to this, you're a good sleeper. Or you're one of those people that's blessed with emotional, uh, I don't know if countenance is the right word. There's a word for it, adjustment, well-adjusted, whatever it is. You might be saying, what's this poor man going on and on about? And I'd say, yeah, I understand, but 
for a lot of us at bedtime, and sometimes it's just people's bodies doing it. Sometimes it's just a, a, a feeling, and sometimes it's just some specific, uh, you know, love love irritant like it's in, you know, this New Yorker magazine. And now I'm already, and now I'm like, well, one day could I return to your lovely? And I said, geez, what if tomorrow? Well, how, how would I feel tomorrow if they said, well, that's it. We're closing up shop, and then freaking somebody gets on the phone with me. I don't even know, you know, one of these wonderful long-form writers, and they say, thanks a lot, buddy. And they say, you did a sin. And I say, why well, the episode's not out yet. How? And I say, well, we needed subscribers and readers, and you let us down, Scoots. And I said, well, that would be a good New Yorker cartoon then, you know, if you had an embodiment and we could be on the corner, you know, sitting on the steps together, arms around each other. Hello, um, New Yorker left, so no worries. And I say, now I'm feeling a little bit like Scrooge, but, you know, with the New Yorker past, present, and future, the ghosts in New Yorker. Uh, did I tell you this episode's brought to you by a New Yorker magazine? Subscribe today at uh, newyorker.com slash scoots. No, don't, because they'll probably sue me. I'm joking. Um, but it's, uh, a lot of times we're unable or I'm unable to say, okay, it's just a magazine, buddy. I need, like, an external coach to come in and say, you know, I'm going to take all these magazines out. I got them on PDF. And yeah, like I, 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 you know, I'm just gonna get them out of here. I'll, I'll put them in my garage for you, like my neighbor Ray. And finally, I, I don't know what I said. Listen, let's just stop subscribing. We can't have a healthy relationship with this magazine. We're just gonna have to stop reading it. Um, but, but at bedtime, you, there's no rational. There's not gonna be really rational discussion. So you gotta say to your New Yorker brains. Which I'm saddled with. What we go through? Nineteen different, just brain departments devoted to a friggin' magazine. Uh, sometimes you gotta say to those parts of your brain, like, "Hey, listen, I gotta, I gotta sleep here." And that's what this podcast is for—to kind of interdict on your behalf and say, "Hey, New York, hey, did you just see? Maybe if you have brain parts like that, to be like, I love this guy. He's just like us." He gets us because, you know, I'm not out to get those New Yorker brains. Like I said, it's just uh, it's a little something different than common sense. But you say, geez, it's just your, you know, there's nothing I can do about it other than redirect things. And I just want to redirect your attention uh, to something that is, you know, not on that level. You say, okay, this is like, you know, barely, this isn't... You know, this is not the New Yorker. This is the new, you know, the old droner. And so I'll just be droning on like I just complained. I don't know if I complained. I just went on a, you know, a, a tangent about that for a while. Then I'll do some other stuff the rest of the episode. But you don't got to take me seriously. You, you don't have to listen. If you, at any point you feel like drifting off, go go for it. But I'll be here, and, and I'll be here throughout the episode you know, I'll be focused so you don't have to be. You can kind of concentrate on me barely. And I'll be in your house and I'll say, you rest. I'll take care of these mag. I'll take care of the magazines. And you see, okay, you, I know about all your concerns. You told me about them today. You know, I'm just going to get them out of your way so you don't have to think about them. And maybe it's some sort of super retired neighbor like, I'll organize them for you. 
And then we'll go, you know, and I'll sit here. And during the day, when you're rested and stuff on your break time, we'll go through these. Or we'll have a conversation. We'll say, hey, I, I read this issue. Let me tell you, skip it, you know. And, and they say, it was just, why, why would you skip it? And they say, okay, don't worry about it. Read this one. You want to read about the cat's revival, right? Here it is. You know, the boy that cried cat. Take it. Read it. It was wonderful. And I say, and, and, and there's a picture of, uh, you know, there's a picture of Marlon Brando and Chris Christie's cat, cartoon cats. And, uh. You know, you know who's jeering at them from the uh, the, the boxes uh, lies in uh, in bed. So there you go. So so I'll kind of be like that. I say, Jesus, look. Let's take your attention over here. Let's take your over attention over here. But the main thing is, you're okay. I'm going to try to take care of things. I just want you to lie back and rest. Kind of listen to me. And I want to help you fall asleep. This isn't the way I know how. It doesn't work for everybody. It, this podcast drives... Now, these people probably already hung up the podcast, but it drives a portion of people nuts. But there's also a podcast grows on some people, too. So, you know, if you're trying it, I appreciate you trying it out. I hope it helps you fall asleep. I mean, clearly, I'm not a man to be taken seriously. I have emotional issues with a freaking, you know, magazine. And you say, good God, I didn't even go into double issues or, you know, thickness of issues and the emotion. So so I had to cut, you know, I edited myself, believe it or not. So that's it. I'm glad you're here. Uh, thanks for trying this podcast out. And I'm going to try to send my voice and my intentions across the deep, dark night here. Take your mind off of stuff because I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks for stopping by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepingwithpodcast.com. Older episodes can be found there. Uh, you can comment on the website. You can email me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get me on Twitter at Dear Scooter, on Facebook at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, we have a Facebook group where we're sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S, and it's a little more private than the regular Internet. So you could talk about sleep stuff or, you know, if you just can't sleep, there'll be some, maybe somebody on there you could chat with. And I want to thank our moderators over there. Rachel L to the G, Julie C, Lyda Lai, Jennifer B, Lauren Alexandra. I want to thank Chris Posty, Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful, who edits some of our shows and does our music. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. I want to thank... Uh, I want to thank Latitude on our subreddit over sleepwithmepodcast.com slash reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T. And if you, uh, if, you, if you want to help out the show and you have some extra money and you want to support the podcast, well, that'll be uh, towards the uh, middle of January here at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Patreon. And let's keep this going, huh? Okay, so this is episode 28. Uh, the Veo, 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 uh, Qualquier Momento, and Jose gets out of bed, uh, staff, uh, help him, oh no, he's stiff, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but and then we see a replay of Henry's staring contest, 
then someone from the hospital helps Jose. Like they, they, they say, you know, the tip. They say you got to sit in this chair. We'll wheel you out. Is somebody going to be here to help you? And Jose's kind of, and then he's as soon as the guy starts to walk away, so he goes to light up his cigarette, and the guy's like, no, 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 you can't just smoke. And then Henry shows up because he he, he oversees it. They said his eyes go crossed. I think that was in, actually, it's in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, something about the kid, eyes go crossed, something with a mule, eyes go uncrossed. Uh, but anyway, that's what happened to Henry. And uh, Jose smiles at it and his grin just grows. And then we hear a car honk and loud music. And who's at the head of the? Who's at the driver's seat? Who's at the steering wheel? I think that was the phrase I was looking for. Uh, Jose, Jose Miguel's red car, but sweaty mohawk. Our old friend, sweaty mohawk. Who complains? And then he says, "Why are you so happy?" I think. And Jose looks happy. Jose looks happy. And then the show opens. Walt is then giving news, uh, the bad news to Guido. You know, hey, you're fired, basically. Uh, kind of like that guy running for office. Uh, and Guido can't believe it. He, he's, he looks almost hurt, almost destroyed his feelings. Uh, he can't believe it. And I, I really I really relate and delight in uh, how they're able to do this, uh, the creators of Breaking Bad, because they create this character that we feel for. And then we can even feel for him more because he's like, finally, this was a place I felt like it fit in a man, a father figure, a co-worker, a situation. And then it's it's pulled away from him, even though he's not even like a B character. I mean, he plays some important parts, but just delightful, delightful to have such depth to something. Oh, I also had to put the correct pronunciation, which I just mispronounced. It's Guido, Guido. G-E-E-D-O-H is how it was supposed to be pronounced, I guess, when I was listening. And Walt tries to use some salsa metaphor. He's like, salsa? What does this say? Make, I can't read my writing. It says make it something. Make it point. Make it post. And then he Walt even snaps when he says salsa. And he says opera. And then, boom, the doors open. Jose dances into the room. He's so excited. Guido, Guido, says, yo soy Guido. And he can't believe, he's like, this is my replacement. He's like, are you sure we're not in some sort of uh, Laurel and Hardy? Okay, Laurel and Hardy, who would I be, though, Guido says. And then who would Walt be? And then it say, geez, well, this comedy is just so deep. It can't be, it can't fit into this small box Scooter wants it to, the, the old Laurel and Hardy metaphor. And it can't fit into to, to the Three Stooges metaphor. And that, so that's the end of that. So Scooter should just move on. And Jose runs around. And then Walt asks Gus's guy a question. I think his name's Victor because I took the notes earlier. He asks Victor a question. Jose can't believe like how much work they have to do or how much they have to make or something. Claro, he laughs. And then he says, hey, you know about your uh, cousin Henry and his crossed eyes? And Walt's like, what? 
Okay. He go, Walt rolls out, goes to see Maria. He says, hello, Siento. Cielo looks at Maria's clearly crushed. And then he's like, hey, where's baby Valentina? Valentina. And I, I think I just put with double question mark. Walt sits down. He's wearing a tight blue shirt, a, a nice shirt, but a, a little tight. Not too tight, just tight for Walt, you know. And then, holy crap, I don't know what this says. Oh, como estas, uh, Junior? Ambien. And then Junior looks worried. He looks mad. He's like, I want to go for a walk alone. Uh, then Gomez calls Walt over. He says, hey, meet the jefe. Antonio, I think that says. A-N-O-N-I-C-N. That's what I wrote. But I think it means Antonio. Anan... Ananitan, that's what I wrote. It looks like a monitor written fairly sloppily, or a nonitor. Who knew my handwriting would be? Remind me sometime, to, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast about my disastrous internship at Madison Square Garden Network, where during my interview, the only requirement for the job, you know, was good handwriting, and I, like, even though the guy said it, even though I had to take a written test, like, to see if you knew anything about sports, which I knew a moderate amount, the guy even said to me, he was the nicest man, I think his name was Dave Patterson, I hope he's had huge success, because he was an extremely nice guy, and then the, say, the other producer was Russ, uh, but anyway, he said, hey, is this your real writing? Because he goes, that's the only thing I need to know is if you can write, because that's the only important part of this job is handwriting, really. And I said, no problem, boss. I'll be, I'll see, when should I see again? Uh, so, and that didn't, you know, this, so that didn't work out because my handwriting is not good or legible, uh, even when I try to do it. So a nonitor. Uh, then Walt is like, uh, what the heck happened, guys? And they're like, yeah, like, it's hard to say, or we don't know. And he's like, what about the dudes? They're like, yeah, one's up here. His eyes are crossed, too. And then Maria, she wants to play the blame game. And then she even blames, she says, Jose Rojas, Walt. And she wants action. She's mad about Walt in the pot. And then there's a long scene of waiting room blues with not enough to do. There's a wobbly table. Walt tears out a page of a magazine. Again, this is a good thing I knew that because I put, think I put McGuire is what I put. He folds it up to fix a wobbly table. Uh, then we're in the lab. Jose's playing with the echo in the lab. And he's bored, he's playing around, he's back at the waiting room. Then Walt gets called to reception. Then Cielo thinks, you know, while Walt's on the phone, she sees him and she thinks it's shady. Oh no, she thinks it's shady when he gets called. And of course it's all Jose Miguel. He's like, dude, I thought it was going to be two hours, I'm so bored. And we got to cook the stuff, yo. And Cielo waltz up as Walt is yelling at a Jose, and then Walt tries to play it cool. He says, oh, yeah, Father, thank you for your blessing. And then Cielo just gives him a look of doom, I put. Uh, after that's breakfast, and the four of them are sitting down to breakfast. Maria's sad. She's mad. And then she gets all grouchy about the cafeteria forks. 
And Walt makes some sublime point, I put. Uh, that really helps Maria, like, get her feelings out. And that's old Walt. Well, you know, he's into sublimation, obviously. I think that's part of chemistry. It might be part of biology, too. Don't know much about what was some knowledge thing. I mean, I don't know, sublimation. And then uh, Maria lets her feelings out. I said that. Uh, Gus gets a call from his half-A. And he says, did you, did you give the order? Gus acts all tough. Uh, then we have a check-in about Henry. And, you know, they say, well, just, we think he's going to get his eyes uncrossed. But, you know, he's going to need some, you know, love and tenderness. And in, uh, there's an interesting painting above them in the waiting room. And I wrote more details in the red pen, but let me see if I can... It's very modern, like almost like a graffiti artist had done it. It was part of it was black and white, and then part of it had these like pencil reds. And like the upper right side was kind of cubist. And then the left side kind of looked like a fallen, like ultra modern uh, silo or some sort of fallen industrial thing, but very modern. Very stylish. I mean, holy cow. It looked. It was a beautiful painting. I'd love to have it in my place. Uh, I mean, it just caught my eye. It caught my eye twice on two different watch-throughs. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't keep, I couldn't, I actually paused it and, 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 and stroked the, the screen a little bit, which is, you can't do that at a, you know, art gallery, it's frowned upon, but when it's your TV, you can, and then you just can pretend, you know, it's called texture fantasy. It's a small community of one, kind of like people that listen to their knocks. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of like fan fiction about texture of paintings, you know, that you've never touched. And this shouldn't seem new to anybody because, you know, I have to eat things. I say, geez, I wonder what pink Play-Doh tastes like. Uh, does it taste pink? And then everyone says it tastes like Play-Doh. Or, well, I wonder what coconut-smelling uh, shampoo tastes like. Or sour, sour apple shampoo must taste a little bit like sour apple. Never does. But I never learn either. So I figured I'd roll that all into a hobby. You know, it doesn't cure the other things, the eating and the tasting. But it's an outlet, you know. Texture fantasy. Don't bother Googling it because I'm the only one. But you just, you know, say, geez, I wonder what that feels like. Let me, you know, make it up. Like, like, uh, I, I do the same thing for human emotions, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing, but, like, it's just tears of a clown moment, I guess. Okay, back to the um, interesting painting above them. Uh, Ciel wants to brush her teeth. Walt rolls out. Gomez is there. He's all like, uh, what's up? We got to do something, bro. Let's talk. And they look in on the twin who is who does this robot thing that was like so robot-y. Uh, Jose's still at the lab playing around with chairs. He's playing with chairs. He's playing with equipment. He plays with the vacuum cleaner. Uh, then he plays with his zipper, which was always an entertaining scene to me. Then the shop vac, and he makes himself into Balloon Man. And then the assistant, Victor, shows up, and he's like, What the hell is going on here? Why aren't you cooking anything? 
it's in the Jose Page's wall again. And he's like, dude, Yave, we got to get to work here. And then Walt's like, hey, do you know if Tuco had two cousins? I think. See, I may be learning Spanish because this was before I watched the Breaking Bad. And Walt gets a serious look on his face, and then he rolls back into the hospital. And he's got a bag of toiletries. He's got a book for Junior, uh, La Historia of Gran Narcos. And it seems like they talk about bad guys a little bit. And then Walt, 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 Gus calls Walt... And he's like, what the uh, WTF, dude, get to work. Uh, Gus does not like this. Then Walt talks to Gomez again. There's some sort of shady move, it seems like, going on. Gomez, this guy, I think, was like, what can we do here? Uh, but I think that was all projection. And I thought Gomez was like, well, Walt, what can you do? Uh, but I think that was all in my mind. And then Walt uh, stares at a Los Polios bag as Junior's eating it. And then Gus, it looks like I said charms. But I think he's charming the, he's not charming the pants off anybody, but he's charming people. And then Gus talks to a bunch of stuff to Walter about stuff. And then all the cops are eating and they're saluting Gus. They're like, Gus, you're the best. And Walt's like, hey, can I just have a minute of your time, you know, uh, with Gustavo Fring or with Gus and some information. And Gus is all cool and detached and whatever they cover. And then we see our buddy Mike. He says, I t- he takes care of the staring contest. He says, you know, he, he, he takes the award and he gives it to Hank. And he says, I never had any doubt, you know, who won the staring contest. And that lifts Hank's spirits enough to uncross his eyes. Uh, the Hefe calls Gus from a church, and he, which was an interesting contrast because Gus is at this ultra-modern uh, chicken headquarters, really, really modern, the, 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 his work headquarters. And his Hefe is at this uh, old church. Um, nearly a chapel, if I knew what the difference between a church. I'd say it was more of a chapel, actually, but it was a high-end chapel. So maybe it was a church, a church, a chapel church. Uh, and then he's mad, the Hefe, you know. He's like, who do you think you are? And then the Hefe gets arrested, believe it or not, and Gus is listening the whole time, smiling. And then he trashes his phone and walks away, pleased. Uh, and that's the end of my notes for that episode, folks. So thank you. All right, so we're talking uh, Breaking Bad Season 3, Episode 8, I See You. And it opens with a gown, a hospital gown. Then we see a sugar skull tattoo in the back of Jesse. He's uh, got a freckle back, which I have, so I'm always happy to see uh, someone that's achieved, you know, achieved some level of fame without their shirt on to have a freckle back. Because I'm like, man, that's what my back shoulder, that's what my shoulders look like if they've gotten any sun. And Jesse's wheeled out of the hospital. He wants to smoke. And the guy's like, sir, if you need to want to smoke, you got to be 20 feet from the door. And Jesse's like, well, then roll me further, yo. And then the ER comes and we see a POV of Hank uh, moving uh, Jesse follows. He's stunned. 
uh, underlined in double exclamation point uh, that Hank lost the staring contest, uh, as opposed to Jose Miguel, who was full of glee the whole time. Skinny Pete rolls up in the car. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm late, Jesse. He's like, man, you don't you don't look so hot. How are you feeling? And Jesse's like, actually, I'm great. And then Jesse starts to really smile. And we'll go to the laundry after that. And Walt's telling Gail, and Gail's like, I don't understand. I thought we were simpatico. I thought we were becoming a real team. And it, Walt's like, no. Uh, and it, Gail's like, is it about that temperature thing? And uh, he's like, no, it's bigger than that, much more. And then Gail's like, okay, can you elaborate? And Walt's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pathological liar, Gail. I got this covered. But he's like, I don't think we you know, need to roll through this. And Gail's like, I, I set the lab up. You said you'll love it. And he's like, you're a fine chemist, promising future, but we have different rhythms. It's like, I'm classical and you're jazz. And he's like, jazz. And he's like, yeah, jazz. And Walt goes, and God knows there's nothing wrong with jazz. It's simply that I require. And Gail's like, classical. And he's like, oh, man. And then Walt goes, exactly. And then next thing you know, Jesse rolls in. What does this mean? Oh, and this must be Walt's shirt. Walt sharp blue check shirt. It must be. It says Walt sharp blue cheek. But I guess that's probably sharp blue cheek check. And then Jesse's like, oh, yeah. And while Walt's letting, trying to finish up with uh, uh, Gail, and Gail's like, hey, nice to meet you. And Jesse's like, man, we should have got it. It's all shiny up in here. And Gail's like, are you, is this a, are you joking with me here? This doesn't make any sense. Oh, Gail, when Walt was saying jail, j- jazz, jazz, Gail was totally nonplussed as a look. It's all shining here. It makes no sense. And then, like, as Gail and Walt are kind of talking, Jesse's in the back. Now he's off camera uh, in the background, and it, he was making orgasmic sounds, like, about lab equipment. And, I mean, I'm not kidding. It was like so, it wasn't over the top because it, that's how good the show is. But it was over the, it was right a, right to the top, the perfect fill. And then Gail's gone and then Walt's he's like, oh, Mr. White. And then Walt's like, we got a lot to work to do and there's only a couple of days before the batches do. So we got to get you up to speed and then, uh, and then what now? Then what does this say? Contemplate, completion nerd to the nerd there. It looks like I said caption nerd there. I don't know what that means. Uh, but he's like, you know, do you got any cell phone service? He's like, no. So then Walt heads to the hospital. He sees Marie. Uh, she's wearing a, a pur- purple sweater. He's like, what's up, Junior? He's like, I'm fine, but he's really not fine. He's freaked. Uh, then Walt meets Hank's boss. He's like, you got any details on this, Hefe? And then Marie kind of freaks out. She blames the boss. She blames Gomez. She says, where were you guys? Uh, then Skylar tries to calm her down. And then Marie says the DEA is not welcome here. And Walt chews on that for a minute. And then Marie goes, turns on Walt. 
But she goes, and this is again the foresight of Marie. She says it was not just them, it's you, Walt. Uh, the Pinkman that Hank was looking for would have ne Walt Hank would have never heard of him if it wasn't for you in that pot. I mean, really, it was Marie, but. She's like, did you ever think about that, Walt? Did you ever think w w that everything you put him through? And then Skylar gets Walt back. She's like, uh, come on, let's sit down. It's not Walt's fault here. And then Walt's at a water fountain. We get a close-up, and then he's close-up of putting water on his face. And then we're in the quiet waiting room, so quiet, a wobbly table that Walt fix fixes. And if you, if you want to be, if you're an actor, like trying to break in or thinking about acting, uh, unfortunately I didn't write this down and I'm not being facetious one bit. Uh, if you want to do any kind of acting, just watch this, this the quiet waiting room scene here. It is like, a, I mean, it's an acting class. I've never seen, a, like you can watch all of the characters acting. There's no dialogue. Uh, and even when Walt is working on the table, they're all acting in the background like a person would be acting, like in the waiting room. But that's still acting, and it's, I don't think it's easy. I can't do it. So uh, it's wonderful to watch. Uh, it, to me, it was just absolutely mesmerizing. You can watch uh, Marie, Skyler, Junior. I think Junior was, I was mostly watching, I mean, be honest, I was mostly watching Marie, then Skyler. And then me, I don't know if I saw Junior. Uh, just amazing. Uh, then we have Jesse saying, hello, hello. He's at the top of the stairs. And then he's like, yo, 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 yo. He's like, Jesse P in the house. And he plays a lot of drums on equipment. And then uh, here we go, big nose. And this is has in not caps, and then another all in caps, A-N-O-T-H-E-R, all caps, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Uh, so has another uh, jack-o'-lantern t-shirt uh, on, but it's black and orange. I thought the original one was orange, an orange shirt with black jack-o'-lantern face, and it was huge on him. This one actually fits, but it's a black shirt with a orange jack-o'-lantern face uh, a little more stylish the orange one looked wonderfully ridiculous and that was when jesse's more baggy clothes face uh, then we hear walter white do courtesy phone which we almost never hear anymore I, I guess i've never you know i've been called to a discourtesy phone call but that was from my parents about my discourtesy or you know i've had calls or people show up you know about my discourtesy not kidding. More than once, people have followed me home, and then you know, when I was growing up, and you know, and then gone into my complaint to my house about me, and all all within their their rights and reasonable. A lot of amends to make, I guess. For, probably take me. I might as well not. You know, this is anyway. Uh, as Walt gets up there, Skyler has this wonderful glare. Then he's on the phone with Jesse. Uh, and Jesse's really giving Walt his medicine back at him because he's like, are we going to work this year? He goes, uh, Walt's like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, how am I supposed to get a hold of you? He's like, I'm not. He's like, it's a, he goes, how long is the grieving process? Just give me a number. And he's like, don't we have a schedule? And he's like, my family first. He's like, it's not my schedule. We have responsibilities here. This is Jesse. 
And Walt's like, I'll get there when I get there. And Jesse's like, don't worry, I'll do I'll do the cook. And Walt, in the classic parent, says, you will do no such thing. And then Skylar comes, you know, he says, don't touch anything. He goes, you know, don't treat me like I'm an assistant, I'm your partner. But then Skylar shows up, Walt goes back to his lies. And he gets off the phone, he's like, don't you want to know who's on the phone? And Skylar just like, like gives him a look and walks away. And then they go to eat breakfast, and Marie's been out of shape about a fork. Another great scene here if you want to, if you're looking to do more than one about acting. Because uh, this is something in the hands of lesser actors or writers could have been pretty campy, but it's not. Marie's like, this fork's filthy. She's like, tell me you see this. You know, you got good eyes, Junior. And Skylar's like, Marie, those are water spots. And she's like, these aren't water spots, it's dirt. This silverware has not been cleaned. Uh, it's covered in germs from someone's mouth. And then even Junior's like, it's water spots, Marie. We got them at home. And she goes, yours at home are irrelevant. We're in a hospital. It needs to be held to a higher standard. They have a responsibility. And then just like just like this great dynamic, because these are sisters, right? Uh, Skylar comes back with, well, I'm not actually sure the cafeteria qualifies as part of the hospital. And Marie's like, no, 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 it's in the same building, it counts. And she's like, uh, sick people are eating this bacteria silverware. How are we going to get out of here? And then Walt gives this very deep speech. I even wrote that twice. Yours, your, your home, yours at home are irrelevant. <laughs> I love the word irrelevant when it's used like that. It's seen as gold. I swipe at the top of the next page, two exclamation points. And Walt's just sitting there with his coffee, and then he says, you know what, I, I got out of here, Marie. And at first he makes things worse, uh, but then he talks about driving there. He goes, what I really remember about my operations when we're driving to the hospital. He goes, Skylar, you remember you wanted me to, I wanted to drive that day. And he goes, we're driving here and we hit every green light. Every light was green. And the whole thing, I thought, why did it have to be green lights, you know? Why today? Why can't I just have an extra few minutes? I never want to be more stuck in traffic because I was with my family. And he goes, and it worked out fine, Marie. And I'm not half the man your husband is. And I put master, and I use the actual word effing acting class. Uh, and then I put, then I put something I can't. A four of them. A four of them. And then Walt brings it home with that speech. Uh, then we have Gus. He's on the phone with this fa. He's like, yes, sir. He's like, what's going on up there? And Gus is like, I was going to ask you. And he's like, the heavy, he's like, what's going on? And then Gus is speaking English. He's like, well, you don't speak Spanish anymore? And Gus is like, uh, I didn't do this. And then the heavy's like, I didn't order it. My men wouldn't do this on their own. Someone said something. And Gus is like, you're accusing me? And then the boss, you know, they have this standoff. And Gus is like, there's going to be a delay. Or I think it's, there's a delay somewhere. I don't know. Too much heat. And he goes, then we'll get the real story from from my guy about this contest. And uh, Gus is like, well, keep me apprised. 
And then we find out Hank's in great shape. Uh, then we have Gomez and Walt in this lobby full of police officers, tons of them. And then we have Jesse. He's playing around in the music. Shimmy Shimmy Ya by Prince Fatty is the song. And he makes an inflatable out of himself. He gets busted by Gus's guy. So he calls Walt again. And Walt's like, hey, do you know anything about uh, Tuco's cousins? And then he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, then we're at waiting. We're in the waiting room. Walt's made a drugstore run with toothbrushes and candy bars for everybody. He brought uh, Junior's book, uh, Killing Pablo, by uh, Mark Bowden, which is a book I've never read, but I see a lot, and I know it's a good book. Uh, Walt gets a call from Gus, and he's like, you know, we're working hard here. He's totally lying to Gus. He's like, so Gus, like, things going to be ready tomorrow? And he's like, no, we're trying to get back on schedule, but you know that Gale guy really messed stuff up. I mean, not on purpose, it's just he messed stuff up. So we're playing catch-up, and I'm running around, running errands, you know, trying to keep stuff on target. And, you know, technical boring stuff, boss, you know, equipment. He's a little bit like uh, Fred Flintstone or something here. But he goes, rest assured, we'll do whatever it takes. It has my total attention. And then Waldover promises, he's like, yeah, 400 pounds by next week. And Gus says, I have your word on that. And Walt says, you do, you have my word on it. And he says, okay, thanks for the update. And then Walt's with Gomez, and he's like, uh, Gomez is checking in on everything. And then they're talking about how tough Hank is and how much they love him. And he's like, hey, by the way, do you like Polio Hermanos? Because, uh, you know, the owner's a big booster. He brought the food for everybody. And Walt's like, really? And then we have uh, everybody's eating. It's Gus, Marie, Skyler. Gus is like, hey, I'm going to offer a $10,000 reward. Or I think the boss says that for the case. And it's like, well, thank you, Mr. Fring. And he, Gus says, men like your husband are the thin blue line between us and these people. Uh, between the criminals and us. No, no, men, men like your husband are the thin blue line. I wish I could do more. And they're like, you're the best. And he's like, I met Asian Schrader about the fun run. And he's saying all this for Walt's benefit, obviously. He goes, I talked to him. And he goes, as a matter of fact, Mr. White, your name came up. You know, he's trying to raise money for you. And he's like, how's it going? And Walt's like, oh, it's much better. And he's like, that's wonderful to hear. It's clear how deeply he cares for you. Well, I got to go. And then Walt's like, like, let me walk you out. And Gus is like, no. And then Walt's like, well, I didn't say thank you. And then they're talking about this stuff. And he's like, Mr. Fring, Mr. White, I just want to thank you again. My pleasure. Can I speak to you for a moment? And Walt goes, you knew, you knew my brother-in-law was in the DEA. And Gus is like, I investigate everybody. And Walt's like, he's not a problem for us. He's like, is this some kind of message? And Gus is like, yeah, it's a message I care about my community. I hide in same plain sight, same as you. And he's like, are we finished? And Walt's like, no, no, no. I don't understand what happened with Hank. I don't know what it means. If you have anything, I I want you to help me because he's my family. And Gus is like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Now thank me and shake my hand.
And he goes, thank you. Thank you again, Mr. White. And then we have uh, uh, Gus uh, on the phone with his FA. He's like, yes, Juan, I heard the news. Your, your guy's out. And the guy's like, I got federales all around me. He goes, you know what I think, Gustavo? I think you're behind all of this. And he's like, I just can't figure out why. What are you trying to go off on your own? And Gus says, it sounds like you're under a lot of stress. Why don't you call call me back when you're calmed down? And he goes, I see things clearly enough. And then he says, uh, you know, uh, he kind of says, Gustavo, I'll get you back for this. And Gustavo says, really? And then the jefe gets busted. And uh, there's this beautiful shot of... Uh, uh, Gus like walking across the night parking lot of Los Polios after he hangs up the phone and then he breaks the phone and throws it in the garbage and then we also have like the, everybody goes to see Hank and then they're like uh, oh no only the wife uh, it's immediate family only and she says we're all family and they say yeah yeah we have a protocol here and Marie says no no we're all family and that's the end of the episode all right, so this is a red pen run through for uh, Te Veo, or as I wrote it here, La Veo. Uh, Te Veo, which means I see you, uh, which I guess uh, takes a little bit of, uh, was, you'd have to think about it for a little while, I think, or not, or I do. Uh, dentro, that means in, in, I-N. Hey, come on in, dentro. I don't know if it means welcome, come on in. Uh, but I guess it makes sense when it says venido. I come, can I come in? And they say, hey, no puede fumar, though. No smoking up in here, uh, Jesse. And they say, well, okay, so no smoking here. Pero entonces, rudeme hasta alo no. Uh, but then why don't you uh, roll me up, Alo? Uh, so, Rudeme must mean roll me. That's pretty cool, Rudeme. Uh, Demora, there's a delay and a joke there, cause, and it's not coming, so I guess the joke was canceled. Delayed flight canceled. Uh, Demora, uh, como se siente? Like, I feel, and I don't feel anything. Uh, you know what I really siento muy bien? I feel great. Because uh, the endo tan bien, this is going so well. I may not even me- need to ajuste, uh, make any adjustments. Uh, but I think Koa just walked by the uh, outside of the closet. She said, well, uh, Podria, you could. You know, why don't you uh, dive down into the detalles, the details. And I would say in order to prolongaria, prolongo, prolong. Pro, long, aria. Uh, prolong the pronunciation of that word. Uh, no, to, no, Toda. Not all. Not all. Don't do that with all the words, please. You know, I would I always wanted to ask the Miami Sound Machine. I believe, uh, Ritmos Destinos Sabe. Uh, do diff- different rhythms know? Like, if the rhythm is going to get you, uh, you know. Is it a different, like, like, does the rhythm know which one's going to get me, you know? Uh, Ritmos Distinto Sabe, does that rhythm know it's going to get me? As opposed to that other rhythm, it's like, no, so we're, you know, I'm not on Scoot's wavelengths. Like, when I invented the, uh, I think I talked about this before, I invented a dance. Not, not a brag, because most people 
There was about some people laughing at, some people laughing with. It was high school dance. I was dead sober, believe it or not. No one did believe me. None of the teachers or uh, chaperones did. But I was, and I invented the dance. It was called the Ackerman. And everyone kept saying, what's wrong with you tonight? And I said, I don't know. I guess that was the Ritmos uh, Distinto Sabe that knew, that rhythm knew to get me that night. And I would say, yo soy opera. That night I was opera. Uh, and I was also a steady sal- salsa. It said to me, you are opera, you are salsa. Uh, and I said, well, not quite either one, but, you know, something in between. And I would say, hasta escalera. Your, fi- your fire is, uh, you know, ritmo. Your fire is the rhythm, scoots. I said, are you sure about that? Because when I, when I left, they said, Asa esta, no tiene esta, esta vuelta, llave. Uh, can you, get, you, know, you give us back our keys? You know, so then I said, what do you mean? Tanque tan del punta says the tank empties. Uh, does my dance end? And that was when the Miami Sound Machine, which, believe it or not, there was, an, there was a band called Miami Sound Machine. It was named after, this is a story never told of the actual, there was an actual Miami Sound Machine that they named the band after. And its history has been erased from history. Uh, you know, they say, insolente, don't be insolent and tell the tale of the Miami Sound Machine. Who was known for its insolence? For a machine of all things, and some people may say, "Con permiso, are you talking about uh, Gloria Estefan's band?" Uh, no, 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 no. The, before that, uh, there was a machine, and you would say, "Well, geez, when you, I think about Miami Sound Machine, uh, Rachel Yamismo," and I would say, "Well, I don't know if I can say that on the podcast." You're feeling. Uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, or, you know, uh, Hornero, can I say that? Uh, Rachel, yeah, mismo, is that really what that means? You're feeling aroused, or, or you know, a llamadita, the Miami Sound Machine gave me a nudge, because that's what the Miami Sound Machine, one of the things it does. And you say, desir, say what? Say, desir que, say what? Well, Dicho, what are you saying? And I said, once upon a time, there was a nanera, a nanny, who went outside to Tomar Are, take a breath. And she noticed the land was covered in fissuras, fissures. And she let out a lament to the sky, lamento. And she learned that the emboscaron, the cloud gods, the emboscaron, they ambushed. Emboscaron. Uh, the earth, the cloud gods did. And Pienza, they thought that we didn't dance enough. And even uh, the uh, Khaleesi would say, no, say sabi, it is not known uh, anything that Scooters are talking about. And I would say to you, there's no oranias, no ironies in here. But for all the fissures and all that the cloud gods took away from us, uh, dotacion, they left one endowment. Uh, dejado, they left one uh, uh, dotacion endowment. Uh, espalda back behind, uh, and that was the Miami Sound Machine. And es to Cobla Tambien, also to blame uh, for the rhythms that would get you. 
And you say, okay, escuchar, throw me a bone that makes some sense, escuchar. And I would say, a cure, it occurs to me, lukisme, localisme, ars marsme. The Mammy sound machine said, to reach me. I said, just put your encima, put put your uh, arms, I don't know if those are your brazos, but uh, encima, above. And then put your hands conjunta, your manos conjunta, together. And then albo al Iago or something. You see, I, I mean, I'm trying to read Puedo Lear. I can't, I can't quite, no Puedo Lear. I can't quite read the instructions on the side of this Miami sound machine. And they would say, no toque nada. And I would say, I don't know what toque means because I spelled it wrong in the translation. Aver, aver, to see, to see the Miami sound machine. Uh, Dese de Iago, that came from the cloud gods. And we said, I mean, I said it to, to the man, it was sound, silent. And I said, banga, banga, banga. Come, 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 Ritmo. Bring, bring, bring the rhythms. Come, come, come. And then I tapped the Miami sound machine and I walked around. It's just a square box, very unadorned. And I said, which is most, oh, the whole Miami sound machine must be in this, inside the box. And so I tapped his suerte for luck, and I said, Clara Casey, of course, you know, I'm not getting any rhythms here. It's like, uh, last time no están tan mal, los huevos. The last time I ate eggs, I said, yeah, these aren't so bad. And then I noticed something, a spot, a sucio, I said, a little dirty spot on the Miami sound machine. Oh, no, la, ben, sucio. And I said, or is it dirty? Or is it just a little, and I wiped it off. And I said, respect, respect. And I noticed, I said, why would the cloud guides, they literally left the, uh, uh, Miami sound machine and a posa liga, a pigsty, and honest good was one. So there was over the power switch was a you know a little bit of mud. Ideally, it was mud and not pig pigsty. And I said, so brave a veer for Earth and for that nanny that was in the beginning of the story that uh, you know first lamento lamented. Uh, the fissures from the cloud gods, I believe. Well, I said, so brave revere for all of us to survive. Uh, safe way, I thought it was time to dance, you know, to let the rhythms get me. And then next thing I know, uh, I said, Gamelos, is there twins? Is there another Miami sound machine, like a Budapest sound machine? Or a Melbourne sound machine. And they said, well, that's triplets. And I said, well, I only know Gamelos. So one of those two places could have, you know, well, let's just stick with the Miami sound machine, huh? And I said, Miami sound machine, Arian Algo. Well, am I supposed to do something? Or is it Tempo Toma? Does it take time for the rhythms to get me? Or is it like tonight, away, 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 awoa? Uh, in those famos, and we are waiting, Miami Sound Machine. And I have a perfect Verlo view. I mean, I don't have a view of any musical instruments. And this was back before, you know, this is a time travel story. Well, more, this is just a myth, a true myth, you know. 
This is before the actual band Miami Sound Machine, so we're talking ages ago. Uh, but I said, Pedazo, if only I had a piece of the cloud gods, you know, I'd give them a piece of my Ritmo. You know, I'd say the Ritmo is going to get you, too. Uh, and I said, Scoots, paciencia, have some patience. And then the next thing that happened, it was Toto Callado, all quiet. And, and just like in a Susian, a door opened on the Miami sound machine. And three uh, small uh, musical instruments came out. And then they grew. And the trumpet could speak, and it said, We are Los Primos Claro. And I said, You guys are the clear cousins. And and then they said, Do, 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 do. Uh, I don't know if that was the trumpet or the trombone. Or, and more instruments came out. I said, Wow, this is a lot of Los Primos Claros. This is no novedad, no novelty. And I said, The old, old scooter that didn't have the Remo, Murio. You know, wasn't with us anymore. But I'm here, Abare Iguagalo, to find it out, the Ritmo, uh, that's going to get me. And I'm not here for any Plomazo, any bummers. So, Disculpe, excuse me, could you start, you know, play some tunes and I'll start to dance. And I did a dance called the Dueno, the owner, which was, you know, like a little bit, I don't know the names any. I know the names of dances, but it was like, uh, like, uh, like I was uh, churning butter with my hips a bit. Well, actually, I was like a scraping the side of a butter churner with my hips, uh, but more, you know, with a little spastic overtone because I couldn't, you know, I can't do a smooth. And most of the time in dancing situations with a dance perfect, they say move, and they say I don't know where my hips are. I don't have control over my hip muscles. But this was the Ritmo that got me, so it controlled my hip muscles, kind of. I mean, it couldn't count all the synapses, you know, the ones that just misfire when they feel like it. And I, I, all of a sudden I felt like Alcanzo. I was reaching some sort of euphoric state with my hips. Uh, like they were, and I said, Gualquier, any, any generoso, any generous cloud god. Uh, and then all of a sudden I looked over my shoulder, there's a cloud guy there, and a look on the face was consternado, shock. This cloud guy was shocked. And I said to this cloud guy, Pudimos, I said, we could uh, dance if you like, uh, uh, to the rhythm, could get both of us. Uh, Siga, f- follow my lead, if you would. And the club guy started dancing, and the cousins, what were they called, the patient cousins, the clear cousins, Los Primos Claro. Uh, and the cloud got this at the same time said, Esta Rico, it's good. And I said, give me Ningun, give me any rhythm, Ningun Ritmo, because uh, it'll all get me. And I said, deep inside me, Okuto, hidden deep inside me, is a rhythm that's already been got. And I said, Deme Una lose, but that like was a double entendre in Espanol. I said, give me a light. Maybe it was triple because it meant a spotlight, but it was also a lamento to the cloud gods to park their ways and let the sun, you know, in Sema above shine on our earth and heal the fissures that had happened with that nanny. And then it says, and then, you know, and then 
the, uh, I guess, you know, then I, I lost the rights to Miami Sound Machine because I actually lost the Miami. I ended up dancing right into a bog, uh, and I had buttered my hips, so I couldn't get out of the bog. It took me forever. And by the time I got out of the bog, uh, the clear Miami Sound Machine was gone, clear cousins were gone, and the cloud gods. Though then when I was soaked in the bag and got out, they did decide to rain on me. Uh, so that's it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank uh, Jeffrey T. Jeff. Good night. Thank you. I want to thank Rachel C. Uh, by the way, Doris, Boris, and Rudy all say good night. I want to thank my buddy Joel D. Who was uh, again, I hope you get some rest, buddy. And good night. Ahab's wife for those BOGO remixes, thank you, and good night. Uh, Chris L., thank you for the support, thank you so much. Uh, Alexandra, good night. I want to thank uh, Aaron and C C Cole. I wanted to say Canole. Uh, thank you and good night. Summer, thank you and good night. I want to thank Amy, uh, Jennifer, and Shannon all in Dallas. Good night. BB88. It was actually BB-888. That's one of BB-88's brain bots. I said good night. Uh, Carl, good night. Carl W. Brendan, good night. Matthew, good night. You're from WPIX in Philly. I want to thank Kathleen W. Uh, Joey K. Good night. Uh, Pam R. Good night. Pa pa Paula. Paula, uh, B, good night. Serotonin, uh, Sarah C, good night. Babs, good night. Mike F, good night. And sleep tight. Athena, a.k.a. Amps, good night. Sleep tight. Mary V, oh, thank you for comparing me to Bob Ross. That's so, this is nice. This little podcast. I'm going to make a little podcast here. Uh, Marissa, a.k.a. Booty McButt, but. Oh boy, uh, good night. Uh, we heard from a defrenestrator, Nick Van Corfine. I'm three, good night. Uh, good night to Rachel B. MYK Roberts, good night. Uh, Katie with an AC, good night. And uh, Harpy Fogel, uh, Hannah P., good night. Melanie W., good night. Oh, those two puppy dogs. Allison D., good night. Thank you. Roberta Claus, thanks you. I thank you. Lori S., thank you. And good night, thank you. Uh, Jules and J&J, &J, Jules and SF, good night, thank you. Bim M., good night. Bim. Mary Beth, good night. PDX Broncos, good night, sleep tight. Uh, Adam P., good night. John C., holy moly. That was my Christmas present that John C. listens to the podcast. And I'm not even blowing smoke. I was with my ex, and she said, I said, well, you see, you just follow me on Twitter? That's weird. And this was this is just for John C.'s benefit. If he, I don't even think he's probably awake, ideally, but... And she, I said, I said, and I said, well, he doesn't really follow anybody, so maybe he got drunk and it was an accident. And she said, well, that is your favorite person in the history. And I said, I know, I know by far. I said, I said, if that person, so that made my, that was my Christmas present. Robin Elsie, where lives, and good night. 
Madeline asked goodnight. I gotta talk to you. Me, 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 to, to, to do key. To do key. Matis, Matey, Matis, Medora. Uh, Stephanie, Nij, Canucks, Steffers, goodnight. Uh, Bethany P, Bethany P, thank you and goodnight. Lori B, goodnight. Uh, sorry, Lauren Ashley, for waking you up. I'm sorry about that. Goodnight. Uh, Lisa, goodnight. Thank you. And she gives shout out to Joey for writing. Uh, Kate T, thank you. Uh, C, C Brown River, goodnight. Ashley A, uh, thank you and goodnight. Uh, T Y, uh, 621 Miranda, thank you and goodnight. Uh, Kenny. K-I-N-I-A, good night. Daily Dot, good night. Bugs not funny. Yeah, good night. You're not, you are funny, though. Uh, good night, Humming Days. You you don't go to sleep, so you just enjoy laughing. Uh, good night to Lucia. L. good night. Christy, good night. Uh, Beth T, good night. Uh, ben M, good night. Uh, good night to Kimberly A. Uh... Uh, to T Wither and Bloom, good night. Zem Dude, good night. Mike T, good night. She Chemist, good night. Trumpet, I hope you're doing a little bit better. Good night. Uh, Christy, that's with a K to an R to an I and a to an S, good night. Matt H, obsessive viewer, good night. Lisa K's, good night. Matthew Harris, good night. Evil O, good night. Illusionoid Podcast, good night. Michelle P., good night. And sleep so tight, good night, everybody, then this list. All right, thank yous from iTunes. I want to thank Jeff D. Boston, who says, stick with it, it's excellent. When they first discovered the podcast, it was unclear what they were listening to. They wanted quiet music. They thought, hey, maybe this will help. And they, then they got hooked to it by my comforting voice. Give it a shot. Thank you so much. Softly speaking, introducing random intelligent things, rambling, slurring, wars without angering you. Thank you. And good night. Flight Lover says works like Valium. Excellent sleep-inducing tool. Cozy rambling. Uh, meander in your mind. Distracting from the sordid and mundane. And it works. Like a soothing fireplace to the mind. It puts, down, puts you down like Valium. Thank you, uh, Flight Lover. And Jeff had said it. Uh, not anger-inducing, but for Tessonially... Uh, from Australia, they said they they were angered by me, and they said, "What the heck with your stuttering man?" And then they repeated that, "What the heck with your stuttering man?" You seriously expect people to fall asleep listening to you stuttering every word? Triple question mark. Good luck. Space exclamation point. So annoying. No punctuation. Well, you know, sorry. I'm sorry. Obviously, you'll be up. Uh, you know, grinding your teeth. So hopefully, hopefully find something that works. Uh, thank you. That's from FU with a lot of Fs and a lot of Us and a lot of exclamation points. They said thanks, though. They weren't angry. They said best sleep aid they've ever used. Thank you, FU. I mean, it's an FU to the brain bots, or maybe it stands for FU, the school I went to. I don't know. I can't believe how well it works. This is from SJP1313, brain bot. 
you know, fine vintage of brain bot. Unbelievably simple concept. Looks like it works like a charm for SJP and their dog. They're thrilled. Three weeks in, three weeks in, diverts the mind. Thank you. And then C Gene M C Gene C M E C Gene C M E. Uh, they're stuck here in a good way. Only two months, but their goal is to hear one, the end of one of a podcast. Thank you. Uh, then from Canada, Mirek says it works every time. The best. Thank you, Mirek. Uh, Garpy. I like that one. Good old Garpy. He said, is it, that was my favorite fish dog. He said, you know, or dogfish. He said, well, I like the Garpy. Like uh, one day. I want to ride through the swamp on the back of a Garpy. Uh, but Garpy says works every time. Uh, every vaguely pleasant thoughts. Thank you, Garpy. And then they've never heard the end of one that's from Novo Comos, Lisa. Oh, no, Novo Cosmos, Lisa. Wow, space-related brain bots. That's cool. And that should tell you all you need to know. A lifesaver, that's from C-Mac from Australia. C-Mac, uh, can't thank you enough. Thank you, C-Mac. It's like return of the sleep for you. Oh, C-Mac came up again, uh, again, and this list. Thank you again. Uh, C-A-G-11, that's perfect. Thank you, C-A-G-11. You sound like a militant uh, brain bot. Perfect. Found a way to fall asleep. Uh, so thank you. Sleepy Me, this podcast is great. That comes in from JMP Design. Usually five minutes or less. Wow. Thank you. All the Years 109 says we're perfect. That sounds like a Disney radio. You listen to All the Years 109.9 on the Disney dial. That's all tonight. You know, maybe we'll do an episode with Ray. All the Years, if you ever hear this, let me know. Hey, this is your friend, this is your friend Ray here. Go here, spinning the, spinning the discs here at All the Years 1099. I can't do a voice right now, though. And they say it's wacky humor and purposeful boredom helps to shut them down. And they love knowing their boyfriends there. Thank you, all ears. Uh, Boodsy Boo from the UK. Have I thanked you? Well, I'm thanking you again. No, I don't think I have. Uh, sleeping pills for your ears, Bootsy says. Uh, best audio for anyone with insomnia or busy brain syndrome. BBS, you know how the BBS goes. Sweet dreams. Thank you, Boozy. Bootsy. Well, here's a nice one. Very welcoming. Fantastic. Hope it works for you. Uh, thanks, Scooter. I work crazy, crazy shifts and have a busy brain. This is the second busy brain reference in a row, and uh, they can they can recommend this podcast. Uh, and it works for them, their wife, several of their friends. They busy, live in busy times, and sometimes it's hard to switch off and rest. This has helped. Hope it helps others. Thank you. That's from Paul in the Sand in the UK. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, sand can be comfort. You know, the right kind of sand can be good to sleep in. Uh, I roll or L roll says fabulous. Uh, listen every night. Has he lost his place? Has he forgot the story? It's guaranteed to bore you to sleep. Oh, that's what they thought at first, but uh, now they know. Thank you. Freaking amazing exclamation point. That's from Becky Center. That must be the center of Becky's brain. 
Her husband, her husband and I, no, her husband and Becky Center stumbled upon this and love it. The husband, you know, she, Becky couldn't stop listening. Her husband hopped on the couch to see if it would put him to sleep, which it did. And thank you, that's very nice. And then BL to God, BL to God. So that's very relaxing. Like at first they were like apprehensive. This guy's going to do a bedtime story. Uh, but it really works, so thank you, BL to God. Uh, and then Sleep E, good old Sleep E. Hilariously bored and boring. They're on holiday, they can't sleep. A friend told them it's the best gift they've been given all season. Fall asleep laughing and forgetting what was keeping them up. Thank you, Sleep E. Uh, this is not just for sleeping. This comes in from email overload. It's supposed to email overlord. And they don't just use it for sleeping. They use it for when they need comfort or a friend. Thank you, email overload. And Jen3183 says thank you. Super helpful as they struggle with insomnia. And this one, next one comes in from the UK. It's from Calu, Cal, Calufi. Calufal. Best bedtime podcast. Change their sleeping patterns. You know, they used to listen to good podcasts at bedtime. Now they listen to mine, which is for bedtime, and they rarely get through the preamble. Thank you. Chicken Feet, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, says uh, strangely hypnotic. And they wish they could listen longer, but, you know, you got to sleep, Chicken Feet. And then Michi, uh, 721, uh, says sleepy dream time, amazing. They've tried pharmaceuticals, tea, ocean sounds, but this works the best. Maybe it's Roberta Claus, but uh, whatever it is, just try it. Thank you. Uh, guiltless NyQuil, that's from Jessam Lynn, who could never fall asleep, woke up, didn't even know, but then tried this and said, what the heck just happened? And they barely remember listening to it. It works so good. That's great, Jessam Lynn. Jessam Lynn likes saying that, too. Uh, totally delivers. That's from Mafarnsworth, 14. Scooter's uh, self-depreciatingly skeptical about whether it's a skill, but they assure you it is. Thank you, Farnsworth. Dubious gratitude. Uh, thank you. Uh, dubious With dubious gratitude, it was so wonderful to find a podcast that would not only sincerely appreciate such an accolade, uh, that they fall asleep every night, but is also skilled at getting you there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Farnsworth. Uh, Ken Nath says, uh, oh, it's total flying spaghetti monster. Thank you, Ken. Uh, Bill Murray and Rick Moran, I say, thank you for thanking you again. Thank you so much. And Ray, 1874, says it's better than any medicine. Uh, Ray and Ray's girlfriend have a hard time getting to sleep, but the podcast helps. Thank you. Uh, Samuel Bex, good old Samuel Bex from the UK, says, Praise the crone, life enhancingly brilliant. Oh, wow, that is, thank you. And they found a cure to a racing mind. Dullest, most boring thing that Samuel Bex loves. Thank you, Samuel. Uh, could I presume to call you Sammy? Okay, next comes in from Urban Red. The key to the podcast is the voice and the low-key environment. Thank you, Urban Red. And that's R-E-D, Red, you know, not re, Urban Reed. Urban Reed, because then I would say Urban Reed, and they say, well, isn't it? It's Urban Red, Scoots. And so thanks for putting Red, R-E-D. The, 
Uh, next up is Butterscotch from the USA. Who says Scooter's awesome? Wow. Uh, podcast experience is amazing. Puts them to sleep and no pressure or, you know, stay awake like in school or pressure to me. Scooter's just like a friend. Talks, puts you to sleep. Funny and soothing. Thank you so much. And thank you for your kind words. And thank you for your appreciation. E-T-S-A-U-M. That's some... It's some... That's fantastic. It gets them to sleep. They stumbled on this thing, and they always had a hard time falling asleep. And most of the time, they get you to sleep after a few episodes. But after giving this podcast a listen, they don't need anything else to fall asleep. They like that. It's kind of interesting that they love after the glass slipper and the recaps before the episode starts. So thank you. Kimmy Cool from Australia. Hasn't listened to more than five minutes because they're sleeping. Totally boring. Thank you, Kimmy Cool. LEV with a star uh, emo emoticon from the UK. Says so good. They've never even listened because they're out so fast. And it bloody works. So there. Thank you, LEV. Uh, Dibbledy-Doo says Dibbledy-Doo. Uh, I, I wish it was, I wish that was a bad review just so I could say Dibbledy-Doo says Dibbledy-Don't. Uh, but Dibbledy-Doo does say unique, enjoyable, and shockingly effective. And this is interesting. I'm going to read this one. The podcast was mentioned to me in the most offhand of ways, and I feel so lucky that this casual mention somehow managed not to escape my notice. Uh, they sleep terribly, brain bot situation. Uh, some things are helpful. They don't want to become over-dependent on things, you know, from pharmacy and side effects. So they use the podcast, and as I tapped into something, uh, implemented good, good idea, weird and silly and absurd. Yes, 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 that's what I'm going for sometimes, unintentionally, but... Uh, but it puts you to sleep. Sometimes they wake up and they're still playing and they're bewildered out by how strange what's being said. But it hardly matters because they're asleep within 10 minutes. And then a lifelong listener. So thank you, Dibbledy Do. Indubitably to you. Uh, Kitty J18 says, surprising. They didn't know what to expect. Then they said, what? What is this? And then they were asleep, and they, you know, they said, geez, you're giving these reviews, but now they're reviewing it. So just give it a try. A couple of days it'll work. Thank you, Kitty. Uh, late sore, and that's S O R with no E. So it's like a, you know, some sort of, you know, like a night, a night of late sore. Uh, just try it. If you have trouble falling asleep, try this podcast. Thank you, late sore. They're asleep within 10 minutes. But they say, here's a pro, a pro tip from Late Sore. Put the volume so low you can just barely make out what I'm saying and give it a shot. Uh, try for a few days. Thank you, Late Sore. Uh, Widderow, uh, 1996, says it works. And sometimes they try to stay awake longer, but they can't. Thank you, Widderow. Widderow, thanking you for your review. Uh, then we have Ryan SNL from the UK. Best nap of their life. Uh, they've been listening to you for about a year. Some episodes work great, some don't, but it works best when I mumble. Uh, I'm up close to the mic. I'm up close right now. 
And it generally stopped making sense. Gluttony on episode four, they point out, was a real good one. I uh, gave them a perfect nap, but surprisingly, they remember a dream from that. In the dream, they were tired. Continuing theme as they're in grad school, getting ready for grad school, doing applications. In the dream, they were disoriented, and they felt like they needed a nap to their great surprise. Within the dream, they put on the Sleep With Me podcast, and which at which point Scooter came out with a total stream of jibber-jabber, and it worked like a treat, and they were out in 10 minutes. And then they finally... Oh, it took them 10 minutes to surface from the now three-layer dream, dream deep. Three dream... Did you say something about Mama's three layers deep dream? And that was bizarre and rewarding sleep experience. Thank you, Ryan and SNL. And I want to thank everybody for their feedback. Thank you.